morning, Patriots, and welcome back to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. It's good to be with you on this Monday morning. And this morning I have with me the one, the only, Jerry Vegas. How you doing, Jerry? What's happening? So, uh, we have so much to cover, so much to go over, and just uh, so many different options and things that we can throw your way. And we're going to just kind of test your palate a little bit with a few stories that we wanted to highlight. And we're going to go on into the Larry Sinclair fiasco uh, that the Obama administration has been trying to put a lid on for God knows how long. We're going to talk about Donald Young, Franklin Marshall Davis, William Ayers, Bernadine Dorn. We're going to talk about the whole commie kitten caboodle that is Obama, right? So, like I said, the whole commie kitten caboodle, not butyl. So, <laughs> uh, so we're going to start off real quick with the dossier. We're going to make news from the dossier again. I know people are probably so tired of hearing about this damn dossier. We all know. It was 100,000% fake. No doubt about it. But this, just, this, this story here speaks to the, the, the people that we call establishment or rhinos. They pretend to be part of a, uh, a specific political affiliation when, in fact, they really aren't. They're just there uh, to push their own agenda and that sort of thing. And I'm talking about the Bushes. And not only am I talking about the Bushes, I'm talking about David Kramer and his dual roles with the Bushes. Now, this is an illuminating episode. It's going to bring to light a few things. And even though this isn't the main story, it is it's something that I think is going to pique your interest. Now, we have a multifaceted character in David Kramer. He's the executive of the George W. Bush Institute who recently orchestrated uh, a joint commitment for the 13 presidential libraries emphasizing unity for the preservation of our democracy. Very interesting, a guy that pushes unity and talks unity while all the time in the background. He says, we need solidarity to protect our freedom and so forth. But when you find out who this guy is, uh, just, just an amazing, to me, a great POS. That's what he is, and his actions meet that out. Right, so it says, Kramer is not new to the spotlight. He previously found himself amidst a whirlwind of controversy in 2019. His association with the much-debated Steele dossier was exposed, the 35-page dossier suggesting the possible collusion between former President Donald Trump and Russia. It made waves when it was published, and it still is to this day. And in its unprocessed form by BuzzFeed on January 2017, the notable allegations within have been consistently refuted time and time again. Christopher Steele wouldn't even take a million dollars to take the stand to corroborate the dossier that he ended up giving Sussman, paid for by the Clinton Foundation and the DNC. Now, um, what he did was, and, and I don't want to paraphrase, let me give it to you straight off of this. Uh, as a State Department official and an associate of John McCain, which you'll understand why Trump said what he said about John McCain here in a second, he admitted in court to distributing the dossier to multiple media outlets and notable figures, including John McCain, who subsequently handed it in, uh, into then FBI Director James Comey. All these actions cultivated the much contested FISA warrants against Trump's campaign, and they ruined a lot of people's lives. Stone, Bannon, uh, and so many others, uh, they used 
false documentation to go get FISA warrants. These rhinos that they brought up, John McCain and the like, all knew that this information, the veracity of this information had not been tested. So they didn't know this just wasn't something that anyone just wrote, put out there. And here they are giving it to the press, pushing it like it's real, um, but all the time talking about unity. Unity. This is the return to the establishment candidate that they want. This is why all the donor classes behind people like Ron DeSantis and like why they attacked Vivek Ramaswamy and the debate so hard because they know they have no answer for people that are finally really woke. All right. They, they stole that term woke because this is what they're not. They love blaming you for the ties that they actually have. And I'm talking about ties to Russia, Ukraine, Romania, and many foreign nationals willing to pay the then vice president for foreign policy favors, which could only have been enacted by Obama. So keep it in mind that nothing that uh, that Biden did at his tenure as vice president could ever have been done without the help of Barack Obama. He was unable to change foreign policy or do any of the things that he was out there grifting for, sending his son over to China or to be on the board at Burisma, uh, exposing him to millions of dollars all the while his son's a crackhead. And he pretends to be a, a loving father and, a, and an upstate. The guy is trash. The guy is trash. He should have got his son help. He shouldn't have. It, well, he, the only reason he did push help on his son was because he knew that the more he was able to, to, to put on his son, the more money he would make. And, and if you haven't read uh, Amanda Devine's Laptop from Hell, as I say so many times, please go listen to the damn thing. Go grab it on Audible. Uh, go to the bookstore. Get it. What you're going to see are many text messages, emails, and pictures of the like that show you exactly who the Bidens really are. And he tells you uh, in his own words in there that Mr. Pedo Pete, as he referred to him on his own iPhone. It's, it's, it's the contact name for Joe Biden on Hunter Biden's iPhone when he would call would show up pedo Pete. So, I mean, you already got a kind of an understanding of how he that he actually then views his father. And now his father puts him in harm's way just so that he can get money. And the laptop says that he had to give like half of his money to his father. Uh, he complained about it. He complained about Jill. Um, it, it just there's so much to be told there. But the purpose of me stating all of this is just this simple. People, the the idea that a two-party system is all Republicans against all Democrats and people are uh, really do have two sets of beliefs and belong to two different parties and therefore push the agenda of whatever party they're in. There is something bigger going on that's behind the scenes, that's under the rug. And if you're very astute and you pay attention, you can actually catch it especially in Arizona politics where rhinos are the norm. Uh, we've finally seen a real Republican come along at Kerry Lake, and what did they do? We've seen a real Republican come along in Liz Harris, and what did they do? They voted her out of Congress because she was highlighting their misdeeds. Even though she didn't break any House rules, she has a case, and she should take it to the Supreme Court because they cannot expel her just like they couldn't expel Jordan Pearson from the Tennessee Three when he came into chambers with a megaphone and people protesting. The most they could have done was to vote to censure him, but they threw him out of Congress. They expelled him when they should not have been able to, and as a result, he was reinstated. However, where is Liz Harris's reinstatement? And these people that claim to be Republicans and want this unity, and they turn around and push myths 
and send out dossiers gotten from, uh, you know, fake Russian. Feuded or that they. Uh, informant who was just saying what he wanted to say in order to get paid and i'm talking about igor danchenko so there's that and we we know exactly what were the lies and what were true we know that sussman took the dossier to the fbi on the behest of of uh, hillary clinton and we know he billed her for the time and then lied on stand well actually he didn't lie on the stand he actually told on himself but he was still found innocent what do you think about this Unbelievable. In this context, I want to put a motion on the table. Steel dossier. Steel might not be the appropriate term, so I put a motion on the table to rename it officially to paper mache dossier because that's how weak and without any credible substantiation the whole show was. I mean, they... they they sat there, they put him on the stand. He, he admits that um, he couldn't verify the, the dossier, the information therein. Um, he tells Hillary Clinton all this in his own words, and then Hillary Clinton tells him essentially to leak it, to leak it. And then people try to say, well, she didn't know. Well, after he said what he said on the stand, for everyone to hear, I only have to say, In your face, sucker! That's it, right there. There's... What else is there to say? You, and they still do the whataboutism. You notice that whenever you point out the flaws of the Biden administration, the Obama administration, or Hillary herself in the criminal acts that they do, they immediately go to whataboutism to Donald Trump. Well, what about Donald Trump? Hold up. You know, deal with what we're talking about. If We don't have a right uh, and left bias. I, I don't like criminals. So if it was shown that anyone on the right was a criminal, um, I'm not their fan. I'm not just going to push an agenda. I have character. I have integrity. It's something that the left does not have whatsoever. And wasn't there a million-dollar bounty for anybody to corroborate this paper mache, actually paper was. mache thin dossier? So if there was anything to be substantiated, you don't think people will work? however hard they have to, to unearth any credible evidence to collect a $1 million bounty paper mache dossier. You heard it here first on The Patriot's Prayer. So, yeah, I mean, if they had any indication that any of that was fake, right, or, or uh, on the other side of the issue, you, you understand what I'm saying? The, the, civil, the civil recourse by anyone wanting to sue for false information would be open. Now, here's the, here's the thing that I don't understand, and I've often questioned it. Why in the hell that the other side hasn't sued to the level that I think that they should for said things? I, 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 honestly, I think that there is, uh, there is a lot of room there uh, for them to sue. I think there is uh, quite a bit, actually, and I, and I know that he's detailed some law uh, suits that he wants to do, but he hasn't done them yet. But they got him tied up in court with 91 indictments on things that he didn't even do strictly because they, they're pushing all this election interference stuff. I mean, oh, it's, you know what? it's actually very, very telling. Eddie, Eddie, newsflash.
<clears throat> it just came out that Jimmy Hoffa may be buried in the backyard of Mar-a-Lago, and Donald Trump may also be found guilty of the murder of Joan of Arc because he's a time traveler. Yeah, he's a time traveler. Just watch The Simpsons. You'll know. So, okay, you, you got something going on here as well. And I, I had Chris uh, wrote, wrote a, recently on the show, and this, this topic was right up his alley. Now, we've uh, done the research. We've looked into this. We're talking about the, uh, the, the, the reparation task force in California. And, and go ahead, Jerry, you tell it. You, go ahead. A recent poll conducted by the UC Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies in collaboration with the Los Angeles Times has revealed that 59% of California voters oppose cash reparations for descendants of African-American slaves with only 29% in favor. Yes, you heard that right. More than twice as many people are against it than they are for it. This sentiment follows the 2020 bill signed by Governor Gavin Newsom that initiated the California Reparations Task Force. The task force's final report suggests compensating eligible black residents with up to $1 million in cash payments. And, and they actually wanted it to be more at one point. Right? So here it is. It, it, the, the, the virtue signaling at its finest. Right? I want to... I want to... I want to put this uh, carrot on a stick out there in front of uh, my voting base on the Democrat side. I, you know, it's, it's the black community because they, because they really think they have a lock on the black community and the Democratic Party where that's coming to an end. People are waking up. So they start enticing people by offering monetary uh, incentives like reparations in this. And what we're finding out is people don't want this. And, and, and to what degree do they do their homework to find out whether or not you're actually descended from uh, a slave or you're descended from the slave owner? Because everybody, I understand that they did their little uh, uh, checking on as far as lineage and so forth when it came to being uh, president. All of, all of the other presidents, with the exception of Donald Trump, were descended from slave owners, including Barack Obama. So very interesting to say how, who, who owes what. Who here is actually entitled to that? And why is it the problem of the taxpayers today who have nothing to do with this whatsoever? Um, very interesting. Very interesting. Keep, keep going. I'm sorry. The opposition to reparations, according to the poll, largely hinges on concerns regarding burdening contemporary taxpayers for historical wrongs and the fairness of focusing on one particular group when other racial and religious communities have also faced historical injustices. Party-wise, 90% of Republicans are against the idea, while Democrats are more divided. Yeah. By racial demographic, 76% of black voters support reparations, but a majority of white, Asian, and Latino voters oppose it. The debate continues with Governor Newsom's office yet to respond to queries from the Patriots Prayer Podcast. And Eddie, the only reason why we didn't get a response from Governor Newsom's office yet is because we didn't offer him a lifetime subscription of free hair gel delivered in buckets, those big 50-gallon drums, so he can dip his head in it. <laughs> well, you know, he is actually descended from and part of the uh, Nancy Pelosi's family. He's Nancy Pelosi's nephew. For those of you who do not That's know right. this, um, he is Nancy Pelosi's nephew, 
And I think they don't tell anyone this because if people actually knew this, the press would, I mean, just get in their cars and... They don't... (laughs) Just like George Soros and Zelensky are related, pull up their pictures and you will immediately understand. And he's actually in the family. So you have Hillary... Uh, Hillary's daughter Chelsea married into, and uh, also uh, John, John uh, the Hunt guy, the John, uh, what is his name? So John Kerry, John Kerry. Remember when he ran against Bush, right? He ran against Bush, and everyone thought, "Hey, we're we're getting a choice, right?" You weren't. You were not getting a choice. The uh, the reality of it is this. John Kerry and George Bush were cousins. They both were skull and bones. They both attended Yale. And they knew the outcome of that most likely before it ever happened. And people say, Patriot, you're sounding like a conspiracy theorist. No, what I'm pushing is the is the is is trying to wake you up to make you understand until recently when Donald Trump ran for president, you never really had a choice. You had establishment candidates that were running both as Republican and on the Democrat side so that the establishment ran the country no matter who won. And the Kerry Bush election was very simply the easiest one uh, that we could actually point to and say, this is how we know this. For certain, this is how we know this. And it's really easy to see that these guys being all related, working in the background, acting like WWE wrestlers, they get on TV, they talk in front of the press like they hate one another, and then, you know, you guys buy it, and then you're thinking, oh, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, and you got the false dichotomy between the two. But what you really witness is when Donald Trump came along, because you saw a guy that broke the mold, that didn't fall into the category of establishment right and left, uh, and or, or any of that, and very simply... Uh, went against the grain, called people out for their hypocrisy, called the fake news out for being just that, right? Fake news. And he was absolutely hated for it. Now, going into our main story, guys, we'll be right back. And you don't want to miss this because this one, we're going to be talking about Larry Silverstein, Donald Young, uh, Franklin Marshall Davis, William Ayers, the Obama, Larry Sinclair, Obama's real legacy, who he really is, and who he's really associated with, and what he's actually really like. We'll be uh, right by back. By the way, we did have a choice. It was between Firebird Red and Candy Apple Red. <laughs> So back with you, Patriots, and as promised, we are going to get right back into the nitty of the gritty because here comes Mr. Larry Sinclair himself. Have you seen this interview with the Tucker Carlson, Larry oh, Sinclair? Oh, yes. I, w- I was in the, the Reno airport. I was flying back to uh, to uh, McCarran, now dubbed Harry Reid Airport. So I'm in the airport. I- I'm bored. I pull up. Uh, the Tucker interview and my jaw hit the floor. My jaw absolutely just came unhinged. 
This guy was saying things in that interview, uh, one that were very unchristian, by the way. <laughs> He's very. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Uh, I'm, I'm giving you a warning ahead of time. We are going to play certain portions of this clip that you do not want to let your children hear. That's not what this is for. This is only for the edification of you and I as American citizens so you understand who the people are that are actually running things. That's the only reason that I would play this filth and I would air it for you to hear. So I'm apologizing in advance and setting this up so you understand what it is I'm about to show you. And I'll preface it like this. Larry Sinclair is a very outspoken uh, outspoken gay man. He does not care that you know what he's done in his life. He just lays it out there and says, this is who I am. I don't understand why you're faking the funk. If this is really who you are, why are you hiding it? He's making himself look terrible in the process. So he's not doing anything to get money, fame, or any of that. And then there's Donald Young, who also was known to have been having uh, his own affair with uh, Obama as well, who contacted Larry Sinclair as kind of uh, Obama's cleanup guy. And they have a nice long conversation. And uh, from my understanding, <clears throat> Donald, Young mother, Donald Young's mother to this day blames the death of her son on Barack Obama and, and his link to Barack Obama. So it's very, very interesting. Let me just preface sure. before the video. In my opinion, credibility problem this guy has not. Very genuine appearing when yeah. you watch it. Very fluid, very... A, a very unlikable factual. guy. He's, I, I mean, he's a very unlikable guy. I'm not going to lie. The things that he says and the way that he acts is... is debaucherous as can be it would not be somebody that i kicked it with after work for absolutely certain but that just gives him more credibility unfortunately in this situation it lends to his credibility because he's he doesn't give a damn how he looks in the process he's just telling you the truth and i have you know i'm born i was born and raised in baltimore city uh i've been around the best hustlers there are uh, people trying to dupe you out of things, into things, whatever the case may be. I can usually spot a liar very, very well, and this guy does not come across as someone who is lying. This so, portion of the podcast is restricted to listeners of the age of 18 and over. Please. Yeah, it, please, guys. You you don't want your children hearing this. Um, we do what we do on this podcast. Because we look at the situations going on in the world through a Christian lens. Unfortunately, the things that are going on in the world are not very Christian. So we have to report on them and we have to talk about them. Uh, however, it is not something that we're doing because we are relishing in those things. We're doing those things because we need to tell you what's going on so you can make better decisions when you go into that voting booth and that the elect are not fooled by these people these uh, just absolutely demonic pagan uh, people. Uh, that simple. Listen to this. Larry Sinclair is getting ready to detail his meeting, his first encounter with Barack Obama. And please support us in rejecting Sodom and Gomorrah, the sequel, 2023. By accident, I was in the Chicago area in 99 for Lee Duke's 
graduation from the Naval Academy. Who's he, Lee Duke? He's basically my godson. Okay. Um, Very religious game. I had game hired man. a limousine service. Did, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Did you live in Chicago then? No. No, I was actually living in Colorado. I had flown in the night before. Okay. So I um, had hired a limousine service, had made it the driver aware that if Lee couldn't leave the base, because once they graduate, some of them actually get their assignments and they're shipping out and they can't leave the base, that I was still interested in going out. Mm. And had asked the driver if he knew anybody <coughs> that was available that might want to show me, you know, Chicago. And he said he did. So well, who was the driver? Uh, his name was Jameer um, Multani. It was with Five Star Limo. Um, so you're just a guy who's in town for the night, and it sounds like you're looking to party, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you're really saying. Yeah. 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 Well, I was in town for a few nights, but yeah, I was definitely looking to party. And Did you make that clear to the driver? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was no misunderstanding. How how. How direct were you about that? Uh, extremely. <laughs> extremely. <laughs> extremely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There was, there was no doubt what I was looking for. Okay. Uh, and he picked me up at my hotel in Gurney and drove into Chicago, pulled up in a bar outside, and there's this guy that's introduced to me as Barack Obama. It was literally that casual. That Had you ever heard of him? No. So... There it is. I mean, Where did you meet the guy us? is, uh, uh, it was... as you can see, not, I mean, it, there are tells that people have when they're lying. This story was told so fluid, uh, you know, even the limo driver's name, which is a very wild little detail to have known. Um, and it's just, he's just telling this is very matter of fact. That's the, that's the impression that I'm getting. What are you getting? Uh, you're on the page, same page I am, but just very matter-of-fact. Absolutely. He, 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 he's telling you the truth, and he doesn't give a damn what you think about him in, in his truth-telling. He doesn't, he doesn't care. It doesn't bother him whatsoever that you know that he smoked crack or that he had sex with... He doesn't care. Um, and then there is a very interesting connection. Do you remember Tony Resco? I do not. So Obama was tied to a real estate uh, a guy by the name of Tony Resco. Um, they were said to have made some very bad deals in Chicago, and they uh, benefited off of some real estate. Um, not, not, you know, they all kind of did that with Whitewater. It was Clinton's version of that. Um, so Tony Resco, it's talked about throughout this story as well, which was really hard for me to believe because I didn't know he was tied into this at all. Uh, but it, 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 listen to what Mr. Sinclair says and how he ties Tony Resco up in a bow, puts it right on top of the story. And by the way, the Tony Resco investments must not have been very successful since the Obamas are well documented to have gone into the administration with a net value of 400K. Yeah, there's, there's something and to be leaving, said about that too. I believe in excess over 400 million. Do the math, 400K times eight years. Yeah, that's about well, 400 million. Here's here's the reality of of it. People, I tell people this all the time, and I will do this before we go into the clip. And I might be but, a decimal off with the 400 well, million. But well, I vaguely uh, you're remember. actually a little further off than that. Um, Barack Obama's father was Lolo Satoro, his adoptive father. He was the guy who his mother left in Indonesia to come back to the United States, where he uh, where his mother fell ill. His grandparents got him, and his grandparents introduced him to Franklin Marshall Davis, but. 
what I'm getting at is Lolo Satoro was one of the most wealthiest oil men on the planet. He did business with the Bushes. So when Lolo Satoro passed, he had uh, his own blood children and he had Barry Satoro, which is what Barack Obama dubbed himself when he was in India because he was adopted by him. Hawaiian exchange students. So, so it goes like this. Um, he left Obama half his fortune. When Obama actually went into office, Obama went into office richer than Donald Trump. Obama was the richest person to ever hold office. Ever. To this day. So that was incorrect reporting that they went into that administration with a 400. I don't, I don't know who, who said that, but yeah, it's, it's actually um, the opposite. And it was funny because the guy who, the guy who leaked it out uh, for everyone to met out and do their own investigations uh, was a guy by the name of Judge Joe Brown. You remember Judge Joe Brown? Oh, yeah. Joe Brown had his own TV show for a while, but Joe Brown was very connected to the Obamas. He was, he was from that scene, so he tells a story about Oprah and all these guys because this was, this was his social scene. And he tells a very favorable story of Trump, um, and, he, and he tells this story about uh, Obama and, and his inheritance and who he really was, who he really, really was. Uh, very interesting. But here, let's jump into this Tony Resco connection and listen close to what he says about the limo driver, the agency, the owner, and he sets this whole thing up. Take a listen. Definitely knew him because the driver said that he was a friend. Interesting. What, how would the driver be friends with Barack Obama? I only found out later uh, dealing with a reporter from Bloomberg News that apparently the limousine company had been doing business with Tony Resco. So there it is. Tony Resco um, tied to the limousine company, ties back to Obama, ties to a little bit of prison time that I think was dealt out over some situation dealing with real estate. Uh, but you got to understand, Chicago is one of the most corrupt places in the world for politics. Most of their elected officials at the government or, uh, governor or mayor level end up in jail. It's crazy. It's crazy. Rob Bogoyevich actually ended up trying to sell or auction off the Senate seat left vacant by Obama when Obama ran for president and ended up doing quite a bit of time in prison for it. And we ended up with re voice recordings of people who called in their bids. And the, believe it or not, one of the, the highest bidders for the seat, and it looked like it was going to be sold to him, was Jesse Jackson Jr., and we knew that without a doubt, but Jesse Jackson Jr. never did any time. I never saw him in court. I seen some apologies on some news stations and that, but nobody ever prosecuted. But the only person prosecuted was Blagojevich himself, who is now a, uh, a truth teller, who is now on the other side of this situation, and he's letting all the beans spill. Very interesting. So I call this next clip, guys. I call, Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. You can say it. What's the next clip? The next clip right there. What is it? Not Barry's first rodeo. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the one prior. Barry's a crackhead. So, <laughs> not untrue either. Now, they tell the story of what happened in their little homosexual romp the night he was picked up. Uh, they picked up uh, Barack Obama set up by the limousine driver, and this is the tale told by Larry Sinclair. Which made it easier to talk, um, 
But like I said, when I brought up the fact that I could do something to wake up, um, he immediately knew what I was referring to. Cocaine uh, is a hell of a drug. It clear that I was looking for coke, <laughs> and I really was, and had made the suggestion that he knew where we could get it, and we left to go get it. Interesting. And the, the, I mean, at all, in any of the time that he's talking, there is so matter of fact, and so much like in your face. Uh, I really don't care what you think. What, do you think that this man's lying? At all? Do you honestly think? Anything he said to this point, Jerry, do you see a lie on his face? Do you see the look? Do you see the tell? Because I don't. With a 24-month, 24-hour-a-day acting coach, he could maybe pull off about 5 to 10 seconds of what he's pulling off, what greatly appears to be straight truth-telling without remorse. And, yes, it is sprinkled with, like we referred to earlier, Sodom and Gomorrah, the sequel. But we have to digest and approach and figure out the path of truth and bring everything to the light in order to restore faith in humanity and politics again. Because I can tell you exactly what they did with the faith and politics after getting rid of the fairness doctrine and basically causing the division uh, that you see in this country today stems from Barack Obama's presidency. I mean, they just... <laughs> right down the drain, guys. Right down the drain. And um, it, it's never, ever recovered. You have CNN pushing one agenda, Fox pushing the other, and neither being on the level. And, I mean, you have CNN actually detailing the uh, outline of their lies as it pertains to Trump knowingly uh, putting them out there knowingly. I mean, uh, James O'Keefe did uh, when he was with the Veritas Project. By the way, Veritas Project, you guys are trash for turning your back on him and stabbing him in the back when he was your lifeline, and he was the one out there doing all of the uh, insightful reporting. But he puts a camera on him, sits with the producer of CNN, and he just this producer just unloads on him and tells him, yeah, we know that the dossier is fake. We know all this, and but it's good ratings. It's good ratings. So, I mean, then they turn around to anyone who posts the video of him talking to the producer. They, they absolutely just, they, they ban the accounts. They take the video down. The fact checkers, really just fart checkers, because they, they do not really check facts and in a lot of cases what you're looking at are people that started fact-checking companies that are connected to the democrats to which they're protecting so it, the fact checkers they're not fact checkers guys i put up a post just the other day um it talked about the relationship between um chelsea and gavin newsom to nancy uh, into the Soros family as they're married to uh, uh, to to Chelsea and to John Kerry's niece. I mean, all of these things were absolutely true, and yet they I had to uh, I had to appeal a decision to take the post down because they immediately said it was fake, but then had to put the post back up. So people don't believe fact checkers when they talk because they really they really are not fact checkers. We're going to move on to the next segment of this where Larry talks about the paraphernalia in Obama's pocket. 
<laughs> he didn't just come into the limousine ready to go have some gay sex orgy with this guy. No, he comes with a full kit, paraphernalia, crack, the whole thing. It's not his first rodeo, guys. Not his first rodeo. Check it out. Hey, Eddie, I'm not an alcoholic, but I'm opening my vest. Would oh, you like me to use the half-ounce cups or the ounce cups right. or the double-ounce <laughs> shot glasses? Yeah, Please just, tell right me there. what you, seasoning you, you want. You need a fix, you know. <laughs> but but he's hey, hey this is this is a what they don't even claim that it's a one-time thing guys right they they don't address the issue they completely ignore it and the press bowed down and didn't report on it because if they did they wouldn't have access to the to the campaign and they knew he was the you know it's a ratings thing he was the hottest thing since sliced bread first black president all this of course they didn't want to be the media outlet demonizing him and telling the truth about who he really was. And we're not even close to telling you the rest of who he really was or what he actually believes or who he really is because you're going to hear it for yourself and we'll talk about it. But let Larry Sinclair give you some insights into who this guy really is. Right? Just listen. And I just happened to notice that he pulls something else out of his pocket. And next thing I know, he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So... I don't have an issue with it. I mean, some people smoke, some people snort. He doesn't have an issue with it. Some people smoke, some people snort. He likes snorting. Once again, the guy is making himself look terrible. I'm sure the pipe was planted in Barry's pocket. Maybe it was the one mailed to him by Biden. Oh, yes, right. He wasn't president yet. But So maybe he was making foreign policy decisions to get paid for Ukraine. Oh, no, he couldn't do that either. Only Obama could. So maybe that it's Obama tied to the scandals that Joe Biden seems to be the lightning rod for. How about that? Scapegoat. He's an absolutely a scapegoat. That's why they say, well, you know, I'm definitely going to run again. Why wouldn't you run again, Mr. Manchurian candidate? You can't make any of your own decisions. You're compromised to the hilt. And Obama's sitting back in the shadows, and he's still running the show. Hold on a second. Let me ask the fact checkers if there was a scapegoat situation. Fact checkers, was there a scapegoat situation? <laughs> well, in this case, the Manchurian candidate is Joe Biden. Beyond any shadow of a doubt, absolutely, his son has, in himself, uh, are guilty of FARA violations, right? Because... The CEFC was a company out of China that was doing business in the United States, and he was doing business with Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Jim Biden, and we know this because Hunter called up and got keys for all of them to their office that they were using to do said business. We also know that he went over on Air Force Two with Joe in order to conduct those business meetings. So all of, and Joe had several, like 40 meetings or something like that, I mean, with the people that he was doing business with, they were coming in and out of White House. He had a secret cell phone, right? The secret cell phone thing tells you everything you need to know. And then in, with the secret cell phone, he actually uh, goes on and tells uh, Hunter at one point to uh, call Barack and Michelle and tell them Operation Crash and Burn uh, is a go. As a matter of fact here, I think I have it. Over from the FBI. There no, that, that, that's not the one, but uh, here, let's see. I believe it's, 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 it's this one. Now, listen closely, Patriots. Hey, pal, it's dead. Look, uh, I don't think they're going to get off my ass if 
about these documents, I know that there's at least, I want to say, five more places that I can remember that they are. Listen, use the red cell phone, call up Barack and Michelle, tell them Operation Crash and Burn is a go. Do this immediately, please. All right, love you now. Wow. Bye. Wow. Operation Crash and Burn is a go. Call Barack. Call Michelle. So where's the culpable deniability there? Why haven't the media done their damn jobs and ran this clip? Why hasn't it been on Fox? Why hasn't it been everywhere else all over the damn TV? Why is the guy not being impeached right now? Why? I love Jim Jordan. I love Grassley. I love Comer. But here's the thing, guys. Why aren't you introducing articles of impeachment? There's more than enough evidence. What's really going on? Why does it seem like everything got quiet on this front? We were here getting detailed dumps. We were getting detailed dumps once a week. We were getting all of this information about the SAR reports and about all of the business connections and about all of the lies Joe had told and all of the things that we can now connect to the banking records. And then all of a sudden, all I hear is crickets absolutely crickets and it doesn't i mean it, it's really i mean you just you just want to go come on people wake the hell up cha-ching cha-ching <laughs> wake up w when are you gonna see that there's something i don't know what it's, what it is i don't know what it is i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that i do know what it is but i can tell you that i know bullshit when i see bullshit and you do too you do too but there's something else going on you can almost feel it in the damn air you can Something is different. Anyone who's, I'm 46. Uh, I've grown up during the Red Scare uh, doing uh, the old uh, get under your desk drills when the air raid uh, alarm sounded in, in, in school as a kid. Uh, I was there. I went through all of this. Um, I, but I tell you right now, I feel more uh, on edge right now with what may be coming uh, with China and Taiwan and now that I know my government is absolutely untrustworthy whatsoever, I mean the FBI, CIA, now the Secret Service after covering up for the cocaine in the White House, come to find out that cocaine might have been Obama's. But <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely crazy. And now as people are waking up, I mean really waking up, right? They, they don't want to, they really have put a negative connotation on the term woke because this is what's going on, people. People are waking up. We're seeing that the media is a branch or arm of the Democratic Party that push socialism, that push Marxism, that push all of these things that you're the transgenderism, the stuff that puts your kid in danger. They cover for it. What they don't report on, what they do report on, the irresponsibility of their reporting as it pertains to people like Kyle Rittenhouse and others who were reported to them to be like thugs who broke the law, like they knew for absolute certain that this kid was a anti-protester that went there and may have been associated with the Proud Boys and all of this, and it all turned out to be absolutely false. But they pick and choose what they actually report on because all of this stuff that happened with Trump, with the PP tape and all of this, they didn't have no, uh, no verification on any of those stories whatsoever, but they were all too happy to run them on every station all day, every day, but... When Larry Sinclair comes out and tells you these things about Obama, just crickets, absolute crickets. So this this tells you, people. I don't. If you haven't woke up thus far, you you gotta wake up. 
The media is not your friend. The, the news that you're getting is through, uh, it's agenda-driven, it's agenda-based. So it makes you ask, who's really pulling the strings? Because whoever's pulling the strings in the Democratic Party, as far as what the agenda is and what's happening in the world, is the same people pulling the strings in the media. Absolutely 100%. Um, I'm going to play the very next clip here uh, where Larry Sinclair says pretty much the same thing that we're saying, Jerry. It's not his first time. Listen. You know where I can go and, and yeah. at, at what right. point. Yeah. Um, so you start rubbing his leg and he's, I mean, I, I think, I'll just be totally blunt with you, like a man who's not into gay sex would be like, whoa, 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 whoa sounds so Exactly. Bad. Trust me, if it was something that you were not interested in, yeah. Uh, and you're right. I've had guys that uh, I read wrong that would literally try to break your hand. For sure. Uh, if, if you went in that route. So it, it's not like this was something that he wasn't into. It's yeah. not something that he was shocked by. Yeah. Uh, shocked by you don't get excited and you don't unbutton your pants and you don't just sit there and let it happen. Yeah. So it wasn't it definitely wasn't Barack's first time. And it gets much worse than this. Much worse than this. So, we know that, as I stated before, Barack Obama has never been on the level. Did you know when he was running uh, for president, they touted his record, uh, his voting record in the Senate. There were 168 votes. He voted on all 168 things. Guess how he voted? Present. Here, no yes, no no votes. I think he voted up or down. I think the total number was five. Fact checkers, please check me. Because it was 168 votes, and I think he only voted yes or no five times. And 168 tells you that he was afraid to go on record with who he really was. Because he didn't want people to use his bad votes, good votes, whatever, against him. So he just basically skated along in the background and not causing a scene or being controversial or speaking out on any issues. Like, he came out of left field, and all of a sudden, here he is in politics, and Oprah's pushing him. And, and you can't say a bad word about him. And, and the left just love that. They absolutely love that because they love using race. What are characteristics of a chameleon? You got me. I was just referencing what you oh, were talking about. Oh, so you're the saying that like you're in a, a Jeopardy answer. Yeah, what are the – Barack Obama is definitely that, a chameleon. He's a chameleon. I mean, it doesn't matter where he goes. If he goes to Saudi Arabia, he dons a dashiki and puts on a headdress and bows before the king. When has a United States president ever got on his knees and bowed to a king? We don't bow. Number one. Number two, when the anthem is being played your hands over your heart, not in your damn pocket. This guy is an absolute intruder into the house that is the United States government. He broke in. He was pushed by elites. He caused more divisiveness in his term while being quiet, while doing it. I'll give you this. For someone who snuck in the back door who came in with his own set of agendas tied to absolutely radical figures from William Ayers and Franklin Marshall Davis uh, on back to his own father. Uh, it, it, he, he tried his damnedest to make sure that 
there was no noise until it was absolutely necessary. Because he didn't want you to do the digging to find out who he was. But it didn't matter, as it turned out, because the damn press were too chicken shit to tell you anyway. They didn't care. They didn't tell you that his mentor wrote the American Communist. They didn't tell you his mentor was a member of the Communist Party who wrote his referral letter to get him into Harvard. They didn't tell you that he went to an Islamic academy in, in, in Indonesia. They told you it was a Catholic school. Well, come to find out, that's not true. And Jeremiah Wright practiced that same brand right here in the United States. They called it black liberal theology. But when you look at black liberal theology, you got to grade it based on the fruits. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. Here are their fruits. They met with Gaddafi illegally. They gave a Man of the Year award to Louis Farrakhan. He starts his sermons out at one point while going into a Muslim church by saying, "Assalamu alaikum. The guy is 100% a Muslim. Now, if you're a Muslim, be a Muslim. No problem. I got no issue with somebody making, taking the choice in their freedom and freely choosing to worship as they will. That's why this country was founded. I have a problem with people masquerading as Christians and they're actually Muslims. And that's the issue. The issue isn't, isn't what you are. It's the, it's the fact that you were unwilling to tell us what you are and you had to pretend to be something else because in your mind what you really are obviously was something you didn't want people to know. However, when you are a deceptive yet charismatic speaker, you, and I'm referring to Barack Obama, can get away with a speech and have it be met with roaring applause. And I might be paraphrasing Absolutely. a little bit, but the speech was something to the effect of, and the rest of us, uh, all of us are small-minded, and uh, we cannot uh, make our own decisions and have to defer to a one-world order. Ah! You know, beneath it all, Beneath it all, this is literally, when people used to ask me, right, say, hey, what's the difference between a Democrat and a Republican? And, and, and at first, you know, when you first get into politics, you start understanding these things. It's very hard to put words to that and, and really tell the difference. But I put it like this, and it's very easy. The Democrats think that you're too stupid to make your own decisions. They think that they need to legislate everything that you could possibly think uh, into law. Because it's thought crimes, right? If you're saying this, it must be racist. It's got nothing to do with truth. If you're saying that, it must be homophobic. So they make all of these laws based on what they think you're thinking. However, Republicans are more individuals. We don't, we don't put people into groups. We don't say you're part of the black group or the white group or the Mexican group or that. You're, we don't do that. You're an individual. If I dislike you, it's because you're, you're absolutely, you're probably an asshole. It's got nothing to do about what race you are. Got nothing to do about what part of the world you're from. And and but they love to do that. That way when <laughs> that way when they see you do it, um, they can throw that racist uh, term at you very uh, easily. I just put up the answer to a series of short questions. Okay, and you see a big fat zero. So the questions are: How many Democrats have voted for? Woman suffragette rights. And for the people that don't know, woman suffrage does not mean women's suffering. 
It means women voting. How many Democrats ever voted for the abolition of slavery and the ensuing rights for black people to be able to cast a vote? Yeah. That's why I say it. They are the Confederacy 2.0. They changed the way that they look, they, but they do everything exactly the same. And, and uh, Malcolm X, it, it, beyond any shadow of a doubt, it, it, he absolutely nailed this uh, when he said, beware, beware the uh, white liberal. I, I play this clip uh, for everybody on the show that I have with Chris Ruda. But it, it is such a very good clip that I, I think it deserves uh, a, a little bit of... Uh, little bit of a replay here so uh, give me just a second I want to pull this up and I want you to see it yourself and in the meantime I encourage everybody again to look up Ecclesiastes 10 2 yeah semi comedy but it might be referring to the political inclinations and definitions Ecclesiastes 10 2 so what Malcolm X was talking about was the con artists, otherwise known as liberals. And specifically, we're, we are referring to our white liberal friends, not to the typical liberal, but those ones that pretend that they actually care about the issues they talk about often, when in fact it's just a trick. It's just a trick. They, the only reason that they think like that is because they feel like that. Meaning that if they're telling you that they want uh, for you uh, to do or, or, or support an issue because someone is black or downtrodden or, 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 or an immigrant or whatever, they're only doing it for points. They're doing it for, they're doing it for points. They're doing it so you think they're good people. But in fact, they're the only ones thinking about the issues in the way that they are. And what, what I mean is this. Um, they change everything around in order to make it seem like you are against something that is absolutely detrimental for a society to function properly. So for, we'll take the Second Amendment, for instance. They are absolutely, they want to come and take your guns away. That's not a doubt. They're, that's, not me being, uh, that's not me being overly dramatic. That's not any of that. That's them literally wanting to take away your guns but what they'll do is they'll say uh, how many kids are for you getting shot or i can't believe you would support kids dying in mass shootings and all this this is how they would phrase it but the reality of it is is the reason why people were supposed to be able to have guns and the government was not supposed to make any law infringing upon that right was so that we could protect ourselves from people that would run around and perform mass shootings and if you really want mass shootings to stop, just tell Democrats to stop shooting people. But the white liberal is relentless in his uh, uh, push to divide both you and I as white and black folks. It is the one thing that they can do to keep people uh, absolutely on the opposite side of a political aisle is to turn every issue uh, into an issue about race. Hey, Eddie, let me interject two quick facts. Sure. Number one, are you aware how many countries out of the 195, I believe, documented countries, how many of them even have a Second Amendment? 
Uh, this yeah. is something that, that I don't know. I don't know of any other country. Uh, actually, three... there are three total. Mexico, El Salvador, and America. That's the first uh, factoid I want to interject. The second one is the least restrictive gun laws in the American Union out of the 50 states is the state of Maine. Now, guess which is the state that has the least gun violence issues. Go ahead. The same Maine least restrictive gun laws corresponds directly to safest state in the union. Well, you know, this happened in Chicago, and we can go as far away as the UK. They, when they made guns illegal, their gun violence uh, went up. The, the reports of gun violence went up somewhere in the area uh, like 350%, I want to say. And, and I got those figures from the debate that we had about just this very thing when um, uh, uh, Ben Shapiro squared off with uh, uh, the guy over at CNN. I forget his name. But he, the Ryan guy Stelter, no, the no, 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 guy? no, the the British guy. But uh, I forget his name. But it it really doesn't matter. He he comes on a show. He prepares himself for what he thinks is going to be an amazing debate with uh, Ben Shapiro, which Ben Shapiro does not lose debates very often. Matter of fact, I've never seen him lose one. And boy was he ready. Boy was he ready. And when he had the figures to meet it out, um, the guy really could not. They ended up. Uh, becoming very cordial toward the end of that interview, and uh, I think he left that subject alone after that. But here is that video clip, I mean, excuse me, that audio clip that I promised you. Listen to what Malcolm X says about the white liberal. Listen. But you never see them going under the label of liberals. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox. And a fox is almost is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to. But the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling and taking for a friend. There are many whites who are trying many whites who are trying to solve the problem. See, but you never see them. He, he he's not lying, folks. He's not lying. Um, you know, we grew up in an era where people said keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. Um, enemies never change, but friends do, right? We, when we, we know when a person is on the opposite side of the aisle, they're a bad guy. We expect them to be a bad guy. We know what you feel, what you think. We know where we disagree. It's those people that are the wolves in the sheep's clothing that you really have to watch out for. This is the same thing that I said about Antifa. They appear at all these BLM rallies and all this, and they go in and they tear up entire neighborhoods. And then they skedaddle off in the background like you never knew they were there. But they came, they destroyed. And without revealing their faces or what they stand for or why they did it, they, they've, they, they've gone into an area, taken over a protest, and turned it into something altogether different. And I believe without – honestly, I believe these people are the real white supremacists. But they destroy mostly peacefully. <laughs> yeah, mostly peacefully. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe they pushed that with a straight face. Um, you know, the, the guy who killed a few folks and, and ran down the Proud Boys, got, I think, was at like uh, six years in prison. And meanwhile, uh, Enrique got 22 years, and he wasn't even in D.C. 
He didn't go there on January 6th. He was nowhere near that. But there, here it is, once again, a police state jailing their political opposition. This is what they do. And look, people, we're still sitting here. We're still doing nothing. You know, it, it, I'll, I'll be honest with you. One of my main biggest pet peeves is the armchair quarterback. Jerry and I go out there. Right? We were there at the reawakening tour, boots on the ground, looking for opportunities to get involved, places where we can help, places where we can step in, places where we can volunteer. Put your money where your mouth is. If you're not in, uh, in an organization or in, in part of a movement that is fighting against the wokeism in the United States, fighting against the Marxism, fighting against the socialism, communism, fascism, don't let them tell you they're fighting against fascism all the time while they're perpetuating it, because they're not. Cancel culture is fascist. When you can't debate openly, when there's no open discourse, when Twitter is being shut down by the FBI, when they're shutting down your Twitter posts, when they're censoring you, when they're shadow banning you, that's fascist. When they're telling you who is and who is not essential, who can work, who can feed their family, who has to stay home, that's fascist. When they tell you words are violence, that's fascist. These people, these people are the issue. They're the problem. Now, back on this Larry Silverstein thing, I digress. We got down a rabbit hole. But Sinclair. Yeah, Larry Sinclair, he comes, he says, now this one he says, Barack shows up at his house the next day. He didn't, he didn't just, he didn't just, you know, leave it the night before in the limousine, but he showed up the next day for more. And then Larry Sinclair starts to figure out who he is. And that's when it gets really funny. Now, the next clip I'm going to play you, if you have kids, you know, I'm telling you, it, it's not what they should be hearing. I'll leave that up to you as the parent. Uh, uh, you know your children better than I do, but this is going to be a very graphic clip. One quick add-on yeah. to the Proud Boys. I believe his name is Joe Gibbs. No, that's uh, not a Proud Boy. Uh, yeah, uh, no, okay. no, Joey Gibson is, is a Patriot Prayer, and the guy is a straight-up Christian. I'm talking about... Uh, I can't remember the exact spelling of the name, but something Joe Biggs, Joe Gibbs, something like that. Joe, got, Joey Gibson is a is a, is is part. Was of, he just prosecuted for and got like sixteen years? Uh, no, he for beat the him. J six. No. Well, there is one gentleman that has a name something like that, who was the You're one. You're talking that about Chansley. You're talking about Jacob no, no, Chansley. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the guy that originally broke the Pizzagate story on Alex Jones Infowars. And he just, I believe, got 16 years for participating in J6 peacefully. You're talking about the QAnon shaman. His name was Jacob Chansley. But they ended up releasing him from jail once the video that Tucker Carlson played on Fox News showed that he was walking around peacefully with the police officers, singing with them, and praying with them. And they ended up having to release the guy from prison. He's out now. Now, that's the only one that I can think of that will be tied to anything... Uh, what they call Q related, right? Because that whole Q movement is is a pretty peculiar one. I'll be the first one to say it. It's not that the things that they talk about on, in that movement are not things that it shouldn't be taken seriously. I just think there's so much misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation intertwined into that stuff. It's very hard to know what to report on when it comes to that that's actually true. And that's one of those things, that's like walking on glass. I'm very careful when talking about those particular issues because there's just so many of them that I found to be uh, absolutely false. There was a, um, a, a documentary some time ago called uh, what, In the Water, What's in the Water, 
something like that, right? So in the About documentary, the, family. The, the, the documentary comes out, the Dark guy's, waters, I think. The, the, the guy knows called What's in the Water. Okay. And the guy goes, uh, essentially, that, um, that first of all, he, he, he was putting a myth out that they were putting the virus in the water and that you were drinking it. And, and then he said that uh, Bill Gates and to, uh, Tony Fauci were college roommates. So all of these things, he starts putting out all these little factoids. And none of them are true. None of them are true. I did the research. I got so built up watching this, this, this documentary. I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe that. And look, they have the email and they have the this and that. And then you go look at all of the facts that they presented to you. And what they did was they took some things within there that were very true. And then they surrounded them with lies. That way, when you use this movie to reference those issues, when you cite the movie as the source then what you've done is you've invalidated everything you've just said. And this is part of the trick that they pull on people to try to uh, make it look like you're manufacturing truths and the things that they're talking about aren't actually happening when, in fact, the sounds of freedom uh, were very telling as far as kids being utilized as sex slaves and gone missing. We've known about this. There's more slavery going on today in this world today than there was you know, three, four hundred years ago. It's it's appalling that people don't know how many missing children there are in this United States each year. It is a pandemic of its own right. We have 85,000 missing children coming over the border. There's 85,000 children, unaccompanied minors, came across the border that our government cannot tell you where they're at right now. Because Joe Biden changed a policy that would have otherwise had those children take DNA tests, and they would have had to have been picked up by a family member on this side who also took a DNA test so they could match them up. In this case, the person who worked down there in that regard for the Biden administration came out as a whistleblower and said that they were made to just hand kids over to people. And it's absolutely appalling, and yet it's not big news. It's They're not reporting on it, and the people that did report on it, they were shamed calling them Q people and uh, uh, conspiracy theorists and all that when the claim is actually true. But this is this is why they do that, so they can demonize anyone who starts talking about child sex slavery and child sex trafficking the same way they tried to demonize the movie, which was actually true. Sound of Freedom, number one movie in Latin American. <laughs> so, in, in the continent of Latin America currently. But back to this thing with Barack Obama, right? I'm going to play this clip for you. If you have children in the room, move them. Trust me. Listen. I freaked out. I had even pointed out to some friends of mine that were at the house that night, and I told them, I said, you're not going to believe this. I said, I blew this guy twice. <laughs> All right. As I stated, not anything that I'm going to sit here and say is my kind of entertainment. But that's not why we play this clip, people. We want you to be able to see this guy's facial expressions, his voice, his elocution, everything about him when he says what he says. Because I'm telling you, I believe it. I believe it. He's not changed his story in all the years he's been telling it. People have died that were surrounded in this situation. Donald Young lost his life. Um, his mother believes firmly that Donald Young... Uh, lost his life to protect a Barack Obama's secret. And then you, you have to understand that Barack Obama's secret, there's enough 
clues out there for you to have figured this out a long time ago. What was the book that you told me about? Uh, you know, we're, we're, you're pushing all this transgender agenda and all this, and now it turns out that Barack Obama has had multiple uh, gay relationships. Actually, one of his old girlfriends talked about the way he said he used to fantasize about having sex with guys. And then, uh, and then there's all of the Joan Rivers saying that Michelle Obama is actually a transgender. Wasn't that was her last words? What was that, Joan Rivers? Though. Yes. Joan yeah, I Rivers. believe she was going in to go get like a tummy tuck or a facelift, and it was the final time she ever did any of that. Her last words going in that door was that uh, Michelle Obama was a transgender. Now, then this comes out. So and that everybody knew it. Even, even if you don't believe it, this stuff makes it very, very hard for you to be able to turn a blind eye to what's going on. Because just when you think, oh, that sounds too crazy to believe. Who could really believe that Michelle is actually a dude? Well, let me tell you. I'm going to show you uh, something right quick. And then I want you to also go and take a look at the friends of the Obamas where I'm talking about the ones who followed them around in the White House and all that that look exactly like their children. Now, I don't know for sure, but damn, there's enough clues to make you wonder what's really going on. And take a look at this. So Michelle Obama, and let me zoom it out a little bit so you can see here. And it's called The Unofficial White House Guide to Rights and Privilege of Being a Transgender. So all I'm saying is, I'm Jerry Vegas, and if I ever publish a book about powerlifting, motorcycling, or table tennis <laughs> tournament wins, or tennis trophies, I may have won one or two tennis exactly. or table tennis trophies. Maybe it's possible. So what what you're seeing is, the agenda, right? This is this is this is the story touted behind the lines is that the agenda of Barack Obama pushing this homosexual agenda, which is being pushed now harder than it's ever been pushed before. And and let me state this as a Christian and as a conservative, I am not against gay rights. I'm not against for people being treated as human regardless of whatever your sexual connotation is. What I am against are those people oppressing other people with their beliefs like the little girl who grew up in a society that did not normalize uh, transgender men going into the locker room and showering and with all of their appendages next to your daughter who is absolutely doesn't think that this kind of thing is cool because we had values we used to have values and we used to not be afraid to say what those values were and now what we're doing is we're putting little girls in harm's way because we're too chicken shit to say, hey, that's wrong, stop it, because you don't want to be made to look like a homophobe or a transphobe when, in fact, that's not what it is. We had a situation where uh, Glenn Youngkin had, uh, in Virginia, had to pardon uh, a father who was arrested because the school district was trying to cover up the fact that a transgender went into the girls' locker room into the girls' restroom and raped his daughter. <clears throat> he shows up to tell them what actually happened, and they arrest him for it. And then the kid who actually did the raping goes to another school district and does it again. And does it again. And when, is, when, when, when do we get to be mad? What line has to get crossed before this becomes an issue 
where we should be able to say whatever the hell we want to about it, and we should be able to fight however hard we want to against it. Because, let me tell you, two mass shootings within a 10-month period, both committed by the trans community, both in anti-Christian uh, 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 moves. So, I mean, when? Where, where's the line? What, what do they have to do first before we're allowed to say a negative thing about them? What has to happen? Rape? Murder? Murdering little kids? Murdering teachers? Going into schools with machine guns? And manifestos that they won't release because they're afraid if they do, they'll see that the trans community was targeting the Christian community, and they can't have that because then that forces them away from the narrative that they're trying to push. Where the shooter magically managed to trade out shoes before being dead on the ground. Explain that one, please. Well, here, here's the thing, right? They got mad about this girl being dead named. It wasn't the, it wasn't the dead children. It wasn't the three dead children. It, it was it was that you used that transgender's real name on air after she was dead. And they tried to blame society yeah. for pushing <laughs> a poor transgender to the brink of not being accepted that she had no, or he, she, they didn't have another choice but to go on a killing spree. Fathom the lunacy argument angle. So it, 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 this is this is who they are. They they want to divide. They want to cause chaos. They are not trying to fix the United States. They are not trying to have harmony within our society. They are not preaching tolerance. They are not preaching uh, preaching freedom of speech. They are normalizing behavior that is detestable. And they're calling pedophiles minor attracted persons. That they're mailing out crack pipes. They're having topless transgender parties on the White House lawn. They're having cocaine in the White House. I mean, people, you can't make this stuff up. This is absolutely crazy. But that's this administration. And yet, every time you bring this stuff up, the whataboutism just immediately starts. Well, what about Trump, this and that? You tell me something Trump truly did. Truly did. Not your fake whistleblowers, which you still haven't named. Not your Adam Schiff's that are making up evidence live on camera that, that immediately after talking to the FBI, 15 minutes later, had to denounce the fact that with the FBI when asked, hey, do you have that uh, proof that you said you had on camera? And they said no. But then he goes right on camera right after that meeting with the FBI and says they have proof once again. This is why he's censured. This is why he should not be allowed back in his position as an elected official. He just shouldn't be. He knowingly and willingly touted false information in an attempt to overthrow a sitting president of the United States, and it should be as serious as that, but it's not taken that serious. Listen to what uh, Larry Sinclair says about Donald Young and his murder. Listen. A man who worked as a choir conductor and school teacher is found shot to death. The victim, 47-year-old Donald Young. Good evening, everyone. Young's death has been ruled a homicide. His body was discovered yesterday morning inside his south side home at 2320 East 69th Street. ABC 7's Michelle Gallardo is here now with more on the case and how Young is being remembered tonight. Michelle? 
Ravi, Donald Young was the fourth of eight siblings. He was, according to those who loved him, the type of person who didn't take life for granted. He lived every day to the fullest. So whether it was in the South Side classroom where he taught or at church conducting the choir every Sunday, Young made an impression on those who met him. He was one of those success stories in terms of a kid whom the average person would look at. So if you uh, don't know who that is, that is Jeremiah Wright, the famous Jeremiah Wright, U.S. KKK of A statements, 20 years uh, uh, Obama's pastor. He married Michelle and Obama. His kids were baptized by this guy, but then Obama goes on to denounce him when the statements that this guy makes every Sunday finally be, uh, becomes, uh, be, becomes uh, a public thing. When everyone knows who he is, all of a sudden, Obama doesn't stand by him or stand with him. Meanwhile, he went to the church for 20 years, and you're telling me he doesn't know what this guy preaches or what he believes? No, Obama believes the same damn things this guy does. But listen to what, just so you understand, Larry Sinclair, in his level of, uh, of dependability as far as his statements go, are very easy to verify what he's saying and, and prove that he actually does know what he was talking about. Listen to what he said about Donald Young. Donald Young is a choir director and a school teacher. He was the choir director at Jeremiah Wright's church in Chicago, the same church that Barack Obama went to. Uh, he was also a very openly gay black yes. man, uh, but very well respected. Did you know him? I had never met him. I had not even realized that the person who was communicating with me had been killed uh, until a good two months after. So uh, I'm, I'm going to get to that. So Donald Young is the choir director at Jeremiah Wright's church. Yes. And is it publicly confirmed that he knew Barack Obama? Oh, yes. Yes. Donald Young's own mother has repeatedly said that she feels that her son died to protect Barack Obama. And that is the pervasive thought, is that he died to protect Barack Obama. He was the one who reached out. He was the one who contacted Larry Sinclair to try to hide the story. They, he tried his best to make Larry feel um, as if uh, it wasn't going to do him any good or it, it wasn't a good thing that he would go tell everybody that he had uh, a one-night stand with the president. And yet... Sometime after that, he ends up murdered. And he seemed to be the cleanup guy for the Obama administration, uh, going through and cleaning up situations like this one with Larry Sinclair. So this is not a one-time thing either, people. This is not something that he just did this time and never did again. He didn't just smoke crack this one time or, or have gay sex with this man one time. It's obviously, this is something much bigger than that. Much, much bigger than that. So, as we know about Barack Obama already, he will throw you under the bus. Will he actually stand up and take the blame for the things that he's done? Will he actually stand in front of the camera and be honest instead of cloud chasing? No, he won't. He will not. And I'll prove it to you. Here's uh, Obama throwing Jeremiah Wright under the bus. Just take a listen. Uh, moving forward... Uh, Reverend Wright does not speak for me. He does not speak for our campaign. 
Uh, I cannot prevent him from uh, continuing to make these outrageous remarks, but uh, what I do want him to be very clear about, as well as all of you and the American people, uh, is that when I say I find these comments uh, appalling, I mean it. It contradicts everything that I'm about and who I am. It does contradict. Uh, and anybody hey, who has... Hey, hold up. I didn't catch that the first time. It does absolutely contradict everything he's about and what he is because it tells you that what he tells you he's about and what he is is a thousand percent fake. He is a phony. He is a one... I mean, come on. The most divisive president in history. In history. Can you think of anyone else who held power that divided people more than he did by policy, by action and inaction? Remember when uh, a Martin uh, Trayvon Martin was killed in Florida? There were a lot of facts in the case that could have been made known. We could have talked about the issue exactly in terms of what happened, but no, they spun a picture. <coughs> of a me. little kid. Of a little kid. Go ahead. Many years ago. No, this guy was not a little kid anymore. He was 6'4". You have to get closer to that microphone. He was very muscular. 6'4", Goliath, just pummeling David Zimmer. Just pummeling yep. him after George Zimmerman. Jumping, George, George Zimmerman. Yep. Uh, after jumping over a fence of a secured community. And when you have a gated and secured community there are no trespassing signs up so you're not even allowed to be in there but that's you right think you're allowed to just assault somebody and start pummeling them he barely was able to reach for his so gun. he had a broken nose and a fractured skull and um the girlfriend of of the kid got on the stand and lied uh for him as well and this is why the the police chief and all those people resigned rather than wanting to charge him. See, the people that wanted him to charge him regardless were the people cloud chasing. They were, there were people trying to get reelected. And, you know, and that's terrible when the integrity of the office goes to hell because you're afraid that if you say the right thing, the unpopular thing, that you won't get reelected. So what happens is we go down this path of least resistance road where innocent people get thrown in jail and forgotten about because... It was more popular than the uh, than the alternative, so it's 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 not that we don't see these types of things happening all day long and every day, and only the ones that actually get the um, the publicity do we know about, right? Because I'm sure it happens every day, every day. Now the next thing I'm going to play is the fact that uh, well the Jeremiah Wright issue we're not going to leave the Jeremiah Wright issue alone. They, he, he's the pastor of a church called uh, Trinity, right? And it's passed off as a Christian church. Well, in fact, it's not. And we know this because black liberal theology, when you look at it, is, is not Christian at all. It is, it is very, it's, it's got most of the, it, it's very Islamist, you know, if, there, if that is a word. Very Islamist. Here we go. Thank you very much. We are now going to hear from representatives for the Palestinian community. We all know him very well, and that is the Reverend Jeremiah Wright. 
Professor Emeritus at Trinity College, United Church of Christ. So, United Church of Christ, Christian, you would think that he would stand for the Jewish people. You would think by, by virtue of saying you are a Christian and you are a pastor, that you would be for Israel being made a nation again, that you would be for the Jews returning to their homeland. But listen to what he does and says, listen. Joined by my sister in the Justice League, and that is Linda Salsour, a national Arab-American racial justice and civil rights activist. Let us welcome Reverend Wright and Sister Salsour. Listen to his first words. Assalamu alaikum. To the Honorable Minister Farrakhan. Yeah, yeah. Honorable Minister Farrakhan. Assalamu alaikum. Sounds real Christian to me. The Honorable. Do, would, 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 would Jesus stand in front of the, uh, of the Antichrist and say the Honorable? No. No. He calls people in, in uh, the Middle East fake Jews. He thinks they're Europeans. Um, he, he, they, they have a very uh, militaristic uh, view of the world and how they're going to accomplish the things they want to accomplish. They're very militant. Their whole movement is militant. <clears throat> and they think that he was uh, a large part as to why Malcolm X was killed. Right? Farrakhan is not a nice guy. Not a nice guy. But even in not being a nice guy, What's very funny is that he does tout a lot of the same statistics and reason behind why the black community is not doing as well as it should that Candace Owen pushes, like fatherless uh, fathers not being in the home. He says the same thing, but when Candace Owen says it, she's a racist, she's a white supremacist, even though she's black. Uh, but Farrakhan says it, and it, it's absolutely fine. Um, once again, picking and choosing who it is that can say what they say based on party lines or identity politics. And it's, it gets really old. You ever been in a situation where <clears throat> you're having a debate, you're talking about something political or societal, whatever it is, and someone tells you, you're not black, you're not Mexican, you can't say that, you're not gay, you're not whatever it is. Like you're not allowed to have an opinion on it. Unless you have a certification and a particular anointed award you may not comment on the subject and that's how they create the majority being silent and that's how they create the observer effect of everybody's just a bystander and no longer can proactively participate in the rectification of humanity yeah it's it's as if if you don't have uh, some type of uh, uh, a certificate, a graduate degree or whatever in biology or psychiatry or whatever, you can't tell me that that, that person that's a male does not, can't identify as a female and can't actually be one, or you're telling me that a man can have give birth to a child. Like, you really expect me to buy that based on what people feel like, and I'll say the same thing that I always say. The moment reality comes no more, becomes no more than how you feel, we have opened the door to Pandora's box. And what I mean is when they tell a 10, 11, 12-year-old that they can go have their sex changed 
and they allow the 10, 11, 12-year-old to make that decision, and they hold mom and dad accountable, and they call it child abuse when they don't allow the kid to make that decision. And then you have the 40-year-old that you're now terming as an MAP instead of a pedophile. Now what happens when, now that you've normalized both and you've taken away the age of consent, what happens when the 12 and the 40-year-old decide that they feel like they love each other? Are mom and dad going to be able to get involved then? Are they going to be able to stop this relationship? Or are they going to get called child abusers and whatever else at that point? Because that's the door we're opening. We're not there yet. But we're kicking that door open. We're opening the door to the possibility of the bar being lowered to that level. If you don't believe that, if you weren't around 20 years ago, the stuff that we're talking about right now, you would have told this to someone 20 years ago, they would have looked you in your face and called you crazy. There's no way in hell that normal people in society with common sense would allow the things that we see today to be happening and calling it normal and have people marching in parades just so they could do it. It's nuts. But this is what they've normalized. There's one way to scientifically be able to find out if a man can naturally conceive a baby. Now, we all agree that it takes a man's seed in order for impregnation, for somebody to become pregnant. All right? So take 1,000, take 10,000 um, men that want to donate their seed for the experiment, then have them invite as many other men that want to be part of the experiment too. <laughs> leave them all on the island. Leave You're supplies. Idiot, no, leave supplies for a hundred years. Then let's check back and see yeah. how much proliferation actually <laughs> happened. Okay? <laughs> I will get back to an answer that I have furnished yeah. seriously previously. <laughs> it will be this many. You're funny as hell. Okay. All right. So now back to this Larry Sinclair thing. Well, Jeremiah Wright didn't stop there, right? I want, I'm going to play this next clip, and Jerry can attest that when I played it the first time, I got pretty pissed off. Um, I want you to look at the date on the clip as far as when he's stating these things he's saying, and then you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. And he's referring to the attacks of 9-11. Just listen. Remember, this is Barack Obama's people. This is what he thinks. All right. Too. Thank you very much. We are now going to hear from representatives for. Oh, I apologize. That's the wrong clip. Here we go. Terrorism against the Palestinians and black South Africans. And now we are indignant because the stuff we have done overseas is now brought right back into our own front yards. America's chickens are coming home. What do you think, first of all, of what Reverend Wright so, said? That's absolutely detestable. He said America's chickens are coming home to roost. In other words, we deserved it. The date on that clip was uh, uh, September the 16th, five days after. Wound was fresh and still bleeding. These in this person, this idiot, this idiot who just needs to be just given a putasso upside his head for you people that speak Spanish, the guy is sitting there on TV saying we deserved what happened on 9-11. That the families that lost, the loved ones, that the buildings that fell in New York, the people who died from the cancer, from the things that were in the dust, the, 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 the devastation that ensued after, the lawlessness, the bad bills that happened from the Victory Act, the Patriot Act, 
the war in Iraq and the lives lost there, all of the things that ensued after that took place, the Afghanistan war and the, 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 the countless billions of dollars spent in a war that lasted almost 20 years, we deserved it. That's what he said. We deserved it. This is the guy who mentored Barack Obama, and he's not alone. He is not alone at all because Franklin Marshall Davis is also another mentor of Barack Obama. So let's figure out, just let me ask this question. Who is Barack Obama? Who is he really? Well, let's I'm take sure a listen. he didn't have anything to do with either Benghazi or ISIS. Is it your sense that that's who Obama is, just transactional or that he's bisexual or like what is this no my feeling that barack obama is probably he's definitely bi um i think there is a lot of transactional uh qualities to him because i think whatever he does it is looking for a hook or looking for a benefit like most politicians they want to know what they get out of it they want to know they've achieved power, that they've gained popularity, that they got funding or donors. Like, they're not doing something for nothing. And that's exactly what he's stating. Now, now we've already determined that Barack Obama is bi. Well, I can't even say he was bi because I, I can't even tell you one woman he's been with. So I can only count dudes. Michelle, uh, uh, this guy. <laughs> like, I haven't seen the women yet. Big Mike. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hey, look, we're, we're just joking until we know for sure, but there's definitely a possibility of that being true. Now, the next guy we're going to talk about is William Ayers. Now, he's the founder of the Weatherman's Underground. He bombed the Pentagon. He killed police officers. Bad dude. All of this took place at the age of nine for Barack Obama. He was nine years old when this guy was doing these things. When he was talking to uh, Fox News, he was talking to Chris Wallace, and in that interview, he tells him, well, he was nine years, I was nine years old when he did those things. Like, yeah, but you were 39 when you encountered him and had more sense than to actually sit down with this guy and be his friend or let him write a book for you or get you into politics. So, Franklin Marshall Davis, mentor. Jeremiah Wright, mentor. Barack Obama's own father, radical Islamist. Barack Obama's other father, oil tycoon. So, you know, Jeremiah Wright, absolute racist, a, 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 a hater of America. Franklin Marshall Davis, communist, hater of America. These are the people he surrounds himself with. Who do you think this guy really is? This is what we're trying to tell you, people. He's not who he pretends to be. And, and, and look at Joe Biden. In as much as you don't like Joe Biden and all of the crooked things that he's done, and all of the millions that he's raked in through his shell companies and his business ties, these are not Biden's crimes alone. He needed Barack Obama in order to pull them off. He was not the president. He could not set foreign policy. These, these, this was a team effort. They all benefited from this, which is why the phone call told him to pick up the red cell phone, the secret cell phone, Call Michelle and call Barack and tell them Operation Crash and Burn is in full effect because he knows about five other places that documents are that they, he doesn't want them to know, obviously. Crash and Burn means get rid of, destroy, cover up. This is this is who you're dealing with. This Eliminate is, evidence. This is now. it. Come on, people, wake up. Hey, Eddie, almost related question. What's your wife's name? Mary Michelle. Uh, have you ever accidentally referred to her as Mike? Or Big Mike or Michael. Come on, dude. I, I still live. I woke up this All morning. Right. 
So all I'm saying is if I was married to a lady by the name of Jill, I don't think I would ever accidentally refer to her as Joseph R. Right. That's right. He's not lying. He called he called Michelle Mike on three occasions. Three separate occasions where he referred to her as Mike. And we haven't even talked about the Jane Fonda workout the, video. Yeah, we the Jane Fonda workout around. video, the, the, the appearance on Ellen. It, it's let, let me all very questionable. Very, let me very questionable. That one for a second, Go ahead. Okay. So, Michelle Obama, Jane Fonda workout video. You can find it on uh, YouTube. I'm not sure if my eyes are playing tricks on me, but I certainly see something flopping around in the underwear region. And uh, the most plausible thing that I could fathom in my creative vision mind is that Michelle Obama is having a big uh, Polish sausage in the deli and gets called and says, Michelle, 30 seconds stage time. So you're looking at this big Polish sausage, and I guess you could hide it in your underwear. I mean, that's totally possible and plausible. <laughs> well... You know, I don't. I think she needs to read her book about being transgender. Maybe there's a chapter in there for tucking, because that I don't think it was oh, done that day very let's well. Let's bring in Charles Woodson and and Tom Brady <laughs> for the tuck rule, revisiting the tuck rule, Obama edition. So, so, all right, back to this. This William Ayers, Bernadine Dorn. Um, I want you to understand who these people are. I got a news clip for you from some time ago when these people. Were the domestic terrorists that they are, and they're being praised for it today. But listen to the news report and listen to what they're actually being praised for, so you understand who Obama is and who today's Democrat Party actually is. Listen. Turbulent 60s are now just a page in history. That's what former members of the Weather Underground are saying after the surrender of Bernadine Dorn and William Ayers last week. The heyday of those young radicals began in 1969. The times have changed, and so have the attitudes of the young, as our Diane Lawson found out. Ten years ago, Bernadine Dorn was shouting revolution. This administration building was held and occupied by students for three weeks. Could it happen today? Probably not. Chicago sounded the death knell that there is no one left. But the FBI does not agree, although agents have given up intense hunts for the radicals. So... They bombed the Pentagon and they killed police officers. Their intent was to overthrow the government of the United States. Today he teaches college. What, what the hell? So if we have people that are felons, right, typically this means that uh, you're not going to allow, like, like for instance, if there's a child molester, you're not going to put him to work in a daycare center, right, or, or a school of any kind, right? That's common sense. If you have a radical revolutionary that seeks to overthrow the United States, you don't put him in a college to indoctrinate impressionable young minds to turn out a whole generation of Marxists and socialists. This is what they're doing. This is why your kids come home from college sounding like Stalin, Lenin, Mussolini, Mao, and now Obama and Biden. This is nuts. Nuts, people. We really need to wake up to this. Not to mention the fact that just like the show we did with the Epic Times, uh, with my friend Nat, not long ago, where we detailed the scheme of the Chinese government uh, as it pertains to how they fund the colleges in the United States to the tune to as much as $30 million per year for some colleges. 
Do you think they're not getting anything for their money? This is what they're getting for their money, folks. Confucius Institutes are what they're getting for their money. They're training young socialists and Marxists, and they're setting radicals loose on the real world. That's what they're doing. That's exactly what's happening. Now let's take a listen to Franklin Marshall Davis, who he is and how he relates to Obama. I'm still painting this picture very clearly for you. I hope you're getting it as to who this guy really is. A lengthy story about Frank Marshall Davis, who was Obama's mentor during his high school years, and never mentioned that he was a communist. He was, in fact, a member of the Communist Party USA, a key member of a Soviet-sponsored international communist network in Hawaii. Uh, he was a mentor, a major influence, a role model, a father figure for Barack Obama. And yet AP does this long story about him, ignoring the fact that he's a communist, and quoting all these people, friends and associates of his, and he died back in 1987, saying, in effect, how much of a great guy he was and how he uh, was a positive influence on Barack Obama and was committed, quote, to social justice. Well, this is just another example of the outrageous pro-Obama media bias that is going to mislead and confuse millions of people about who Barack Obama is and where he came from. This communist was such a huge influence on in Obama, how come we haven't heard about him more in Obama's book? This is a big question that uh, only Barack Obama can ask. So he did, he did refer to the guy as Frank. Frank. He referred to him time and time again as Frank. But he didn't tell everybody who Frank was. It was Franklin Marshall Davis. So when you hear Obama in his books talk about Frank, that's who he's talking about. He's the guy who he hung out with on the beaches in Hawaii and smoked pot with. Is Frank. So... I uh, got one more clip about Frank, and you'll understand a little more. After we get done that clip, we're going to surmise all these things and wrap this up and put a bow on it for you. But listen. Report on this subject by Herbert Romerstein, a veteran anti-communist investigator. And we looked into Davis's background. He was an identified member of the Communist Party. He was a Stalinist. He supported the evil Soviet regime. This is a, a very bad person. And That's it right there, folks. He's a bad person. These are people. Now, in, in the United States, you have freedom of religion, right? We can pick which political party we belong to. But there are time, place, manner restrictions on protesting. Right? It's common sense stuff. And here's the other thing I'm going to say in stating those first two things. Yes, you have the freedom to believe uh, what you will for whatever political party you want to uh, 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 be a part of. But there is a, a, a litmus test for a political party that should be allowed within the United States. You cannot be socialist and you cannot be communist because e being either of the two is sedition by just by faction of being part of a socialist or a communist uh, faction, you are literally pushing to overthrow the United States of America because you can't have a free market in a socialistic society. And communism is, is anti-American. Our whole election system will go away. The way that, that our laws are, are give people freedom and liberty, all that would change. So essentially the only way communism or socialism would take place in the United States and be pushed as the way of the land 
would first be you have to overthrow the current system, throw the Constitution away to enact these things. Therefore, being socialist or being communist is sedition. It is sedition. You can't have the United States be the United States and be communist at the same time. It is sedition. And again, Ronald Reagan said it most poignantly. He said, if socialism ever overtakes America, it will be under the disguise of liberalism. Now let me finish your thought. That's Eddie. right. So yes, technically speaking, everything applies that you're speaking of. However, there has been a perceptional upside-down development that unless you agree to the path of Marxism, you are labeled a terrorist. Mm -hmm. And now let's briefly talk about a rumor which is starting to spread like wildfire that it is the liberal plan to officially maybe maybe this is hypothesis maybe declare war before the 2024 election with all those faking yeah. it's not going to be uh, able to stick and once declares officially war is officially declared against russia they want to invoke a esoteric law from 1973 that the party that is currently in power stays in power until they've officially concluded the war well i believe that and i and i, and I have no problem saying this china is not going to let joe biden leave his leave office before they attack taiwan why in the hell would they let a, a stronger candidate be in there one that is not compromised that would actually stand up against them. Why would they wait for that guy to get in before they attack? No, they're going to attack while their stooge is still in power. So look, in the next year, in the next few months, it's going to happen. China's made no secret about it. Hell, they're going around to Russia and everybody else. They've already had warships off the coast of Alaska. They tested our response time. They tested our response time with the balloons. They flew over the country. They've paid Joe Biden to the tunes of millions of dollars all the way down to his grandchildren. He's compromised. He's not going to do anything about it. Hell, the damn the balloons got all the way across the United States before he even shot him down. He knew about him the whole time they were over us, and he let him he let him be there. I think where did he shoot him down at um, Montana? I think I forget where it was, but it got all the way across the United States before they even uh, sent a jet. And it was so embarrassing when they finally did. Send the jet up to shoot the balloon down. The damn jet missed the balloon, dude. I <laughs> he shot a missile and he missed it. So <laughs> let's paraphrase and put this into a metaphor. It was pretty much like you're having a backyard camp out. A pack of wolves comes and eats all the barbecue. And then you, as your regulating measure, you are insisting on putting the rest of the food in two go bags and sending them home with the wolves. Yep. Yep. Now, if we don't wake up and they're telling you and and they, and, I, and I was I seen this today. We went we went we were where yesterday we went down we watched the game. That's why I got my Tucker jersey on, guys. Go Ravens. So, the guy down at the uh sports bar where I go uh it's called the Cra uh, Crab Corner. All right, I'm going to give him a shameless plug. It's a great place. If you live in Vegas and you don't know Crab Corner, is an amazing spot. And we're going to be, uh, next month, we're actually going to be doing the podcast live from the Crab Corner. So, in any case, I'm down there, I'm talking to this guy, and I'm talking to him about a very personal situation, about a friend of mine who was shot by some guys that were doing some uh, 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 squeegee work, and, and 
They broke his windshield wiper. The guy gets out of the car because there's a group of them. He has a small bat in his hand, right? He has a bat in his hand. Uh, the kid runs, leaves the scene, comes back with a gun and shoots him four times in the back of the head. Now, I'm talking about this, and he says, well, the guy shouldn't have got out of the car. I, I, he doesn't understand that in that moment I had to restrain myself because he just turned a situation in which a very dear personal friend of mine was murdered into something that made it his fault. And I, I, want, I, wanted, to, I wanted to slap the taste out of his mouth. I don't think he realizes that but uh, because I, I, I respond and I don't react these days. But <clears throat> what a, a hapless, thoughtless imbecile um, the guy was. And, 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 I, and I said so in so many words, right, just to be cordial. I had my wife with me. We were out. We were amongst a group of friends, and one, the guy would have gotten absolutely uh, – it, it wouldn't have been a very good day for him if some bad back and forth would have taken place in that spot. But it, 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 it just goes to show you it's like, well, that girl got raped. Well, she shouldn't have been dressed like that. What, what are you – this is, this is what they do, though. This is how they stick to their agenda and push their bullshit. Even when they're wrong, they find a way to be right by changing the perspective of the conversation. You know, it is no one's fault that something bad happens to them because they stick up for themselves. You know, his line of thinking was, well, if we don't stick up for ourselves and we're just nice to all the criminals, maybe they won't rob us maybe they won't steal from us maybe they won't shoot us you know you're the problem and i told him there is no more neutrality you're either going to fight and fix the country or you're going to lay back and be a pussy and watch it go down the tubes but the days of sitting on the fence are over it's done oh in that context eddie i do have breaking news we have a huge problem in america we are completely running out of tampons. Please tell me why. You're stupid. <laughs> because everybody's turning into pussies. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> there was a time when, you know, growing up, I grew up around a lot of old military guys. Grandpa, uncles, people in the neighborhood that I knew, scoutmasters. Um, we all had a very patriotic outlook. And we were all told that this is the land of the free, the home of the brave. Certain things could never happen. We would never allow it. Well, people, I don't see, I don't see any movement, and it's really disappointing because there are certain people out there in this fight, and they are fighting, and the news demonizes them, and social media demonizes them, but they're out there fighting. But so many people are tricked, deluded, confused, and brainwashed that when your savior is out there fighting for your freedom, you don't realize it and you're throwing him to the wolves and the guy that's trying to save you in the future of your country, you're turning your back on. And I'm talking about Donald Trump. Here's a guy who goes into office, comes out less richer than when he went in. He sacrificed a lot. Donated Attacked. his salary, 400000 a year, the only president ever to donate. If Donald Trump didn't run for president right now, these attacks would go away. They, they, don't want, they are scared of him because he was the guy who actually kept his promise. He was an outsider who came in and did everything he said he was going to. The country ran good. Salaries were higher than ever. 
The insurance companies were acting right. Immigration wasn't an issue. Unemployment to the lowest rate ever. Salaries at the highest rate ever. Your money was worth something. $1.80 gas with a keystone pipeline, which it took uh, Biden a couple months to decimate. Energy independence. Ladies and we gentlemen, how important yep. is it for a country to not have to rely on energy to be imported? Yeah. Well, how long did it take Joseph R. Biden? One week in a, in a room after he became president to sit there and undo every great and amazing policy that Trump put in place because his communist overlords in the other countries that are actually pulling his strings because they paid him blackmail money. <clears throat> Riddle me this. Who was the first president ever to not pledge allegiance to the New World Order? It was Trump. He never did. That's yeah. right. Who yeah. was the first to go into North Korea and de-escalate the situation? Trump. Okay, we could go on for a while. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's countless. apparently all the policies and everything that turned out to make our lives so much more better. We could make go America great again in the world and we will be respected. Right now, we need to get some props, some bush props that hide behind when we go to other countries about being American. Yep. But guess what? Because... One rumor or so and mean tweets and, you know, it's just too harsh. Hey, how do you combat pedophilia and sex trafficking and corruption? What, is he supposed to be a mime? Oh, he talks too much. Oh, he's supposed to be a mime? Well, you know, I think that there's no chance in hell of Trump losing this next election. I can't wait to see how they're going to try to cheat. That's, I mean, it's not whether or not they will try to cheat. I'm only wondering how they'll do it this time. Well, right? let me lend one more dimension. They're already talking about lockdowns again. They're already talking about masks again. They're already talking all this stuff about mandates. But here's the truth, the 100% truth. We will not comply no matter what this time, period. No, we thanks. will not comply. Hey, with that, we're actually out of time, guys. Uh, any final words before we get All out right. of here? Confession time. Maybe we'll make this a new segment. Do you remember the video where Joe Biden walks to the helicopter and says, I got my butt wiped? Yeah. All right. So in that <laughs> yes, style, I'm going to say, Eddie, confession time. I got my butt swabbed and I came back positive for climate change. Yeah. Climate change. It's causing people to glue their feet to stadium seating it's causing the uh, the the brain damage of those that want to go into museums and destroy priceless works of art and throw mashed potatoes on them in front of monets and da vinci's and now they, they they did you see they tried to to block the road and reservation land the other day on on native territory and it didn't work out so well for them they got kind of dragged out of the way i loved watching it i'm telling you i'm so sick of these climate terrorists that are out there pushing this wild agenda that they can't even substantiate with facts. Here's the truth. Poison in the air, absolutely no good for a whole different reason. But you're sitting there telling people the world is getting hotter because you're putting carbon into the air, and there's no proof of that. Zero proof of that. It is a just-in-case policy that other companies and countries have 
kind of linked up together and used as a conspiracy to get rich, which is the Paris Climate Accords and any any action like those. These companies are getting massively rich off of climate change theories that are non-proven. They're not proven. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to summarize and discredit the climate hoax in 45 seconds. The total percentage of CO2 in the air is currently not an astounding 10, 20, or 30% as many people would hypothesize. The actual percentage of CO2, the poison in the air, is 0.04. And that has increased in two decades from 0.03. However, here's the most crucial part about it. If it ever was to drop under 0.02, all the plant life would die and therefore so would we but of course the elites they are into this transhumanism so they're not worried about dying they got so many aspects of machinery upgrades in them and they're experimenting on us with mrna which by the way was thought to mean messenger rna but is actually defined modified rna yeah it, it came from crispr technology and, it, and it's just that. It's gene therapy. But, you know, it's, it's a matter of people with common sense, right, guys? It's all it takes. Common sense. Don't, don't, don't let people tell you how to think. Don't let people elicit emotions from you by the headlines that they create uh, to control you. Do your own research. Get out there. Learn. Get involved. As I keep telling you, get involved. And if you like hanging out with us here at the Patriot Prayer Podcast, we love having you as part of the Patriot family. Uh, Please do us the favor. Click that like, follow, subscribe button wherever you are, uh, whatever platform you're on. Send us a note, a comment. Let us know what you're thinking and uh, give us some suggestions. We always love hearing from the people who listen to the show. Get a lot of suggestions from you guys and... um, we we absolutely have seen the grow leaps and bounds, uh, seen the show grow leaps and bounds over the last year and a half. And we're growing a lot more. Uh, our, our good friends from the Nun Report are going to be over here uh, on the podcast here within the next couple of weeks. We're trying to line up a specific date for that. Uh, we got some people, uh, some uh, very, very good and in-touch pastors that are going to be coming on the podcast to discuss some of the things that we see happening prophetically uh, in the world today and how that ties back to the end times or what we call eschatology. So we got a lot coming up, and we, we are always working to make sure that we bring you the best, the newest, and the truest of what's out there. So the silent majority, you need to stop being silent and stand your ground. We'll see you next time on the Patriots Prayer Podcast.